He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. There is a story that when Tamatea Pōkai Whenua went on his big hikoi around New Zealand, he got a tōtura tree from up this way, uh, from the foot of Otani Wainuku, to build the new Tāki Temu. And one story I heard was it came from around here. Rob McGowan, known by many as Pāropata, explains the various landmarks, trees and native bush at his home. A king fern, and see where the, when the leaves, branches die off, you'll end up with these little discs. And they used to be a really, really important food source. But they almost became extinct because pigs love them. <laughs> so if a wild pig got in here, dig that out and eat the roots. That growing seed, that dead mangliao tree there will probably be 50 years old or older. But, you know, the early settlers, they basically devastated the landscape because they thought the best thing for the land was to remove the bush and uh, grow cows or sheep or whatever because that's what they were used to way back. The thing about it is that we need to actually... You know, when you first get to a place, especially if you're young, you rush around and you do all sorts of things which are not very wise... Then after a while you get older and you run out of puff and then you start to think it out a bit better. And I think that's where New Zealand has got to at the moment. Pāropata is well known for his work in restorative planting, rongoa Māori and indigenous ecosystems. But more than that, his own philosophy is about connecting the health of the whenua to the health of its people. When the land is well, people are well. And, and there are much more elegant ways of saying that. And, but in actual fact, even people that struggle with learning another language can manage those few little words. Oh. You know, um, and there's another one that very, very much um, you hear it in Ngā Manawa. Uh, you know, man will disappear, but the land endures forever. And, and I think that's really, really important for us to, you know, um, we're just passing through, eh? We just pass. <laughs> we just pass. We're just on a ride, yeah, Farno. Yeah, you know. and, and, and the thing about it is, don't, we can all worry about how terrible. Oh, I'm getting old now, and I can't. Like I tried to get into a little narrow area the other day, and I almost got stuck. Whereas once upon a time it would have been. But, but you know, let's not regret that we do get old and croak in the end. Life is a gift and every day is something precious and so let's make the most of it. E aku whakataitei ki te whenua, e aku ihorei nau mai haramai ki tēnei kaupapa kōrero o te ahikā. He paku tirohanga tēnei ki te ao Māori. Ko tā tātou kaupapa, he kōrero mai te waonui a tāne. From the mid-1970s, Whanganui Kuia Rua Henare took Ropata under her wing. After time, she entrusted him with the knowledge of the whenua steeped in Matauranga Māori. For over 30 years, he's taught many students around the country, some of whom are rungwa Māori practitioners today. But he takes everything in his stride. He welcomes retirement, but in the meantime, he works for the Department of Conservation's programme Ngā Whenua Rāhui. 
He's also worked alongside many iwi when it comes to restoring their whenua and finds time to write about what he knows. But he argues that people need to listen to the whenua and what he means by that is being more aware of the signs around us. So you got little Nico trees coming up? Yes. Now you can eat the centre of the Nico, um, and that's really tough, but it actually kills the tree. Right. You know, so we... Um, maybe in time we'll get lots of Nico. Nico used to be really important in this part of the country for roofing. But all through here I find little Nico trees coming up because they've got one tree out the front which fruits, and the kereru come in and they've been spreading the seeds all over the show. Oh, really? And so the whole idea is that this bush will restore itself if you've got birds to spread the seeds. If you've got no birds, well, how is a bush going to do that? The seeds can't walk by themselves. You know, so again, it's connections, you know. Um, but this forest here, they called um, Kupukairo Old Baldy because it was completely denuded of all forest. And this is all restored forest. And if you go up, up way of it, there's a grove, a, gu- a gully full of beautiful, beautiful young tortilla trees. Only maybe not much. Oh, one fell over and we measured the number of rings. 132 years old, be 140 now. Wow. And the only baby is only about this big. This was a beautiful forested area. Uh, I've planted several kohe kohe trees. Now, kohe kohe is a really important medicine but it's really an important part of the coastal forest. So we need to get that back, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but we know these things because we can see the remnants of what was once here. And maybe when we can put everything back again, maybe it will be well again. Because Tauranga Harbour, there's a lot of places I wouldn't dare go for a swim. It's in Paruhukia, you know. <laughs> there are some places. Well, well, you know. <laughs> Bit of a worry sometimes. And the people there are watching it very closely, you know. But, I mean, those are our tohu. When I was a kid, we would, we never took water bottles with us when we went for walks because we could drink from the streams. Maybe you can drink. Well, we used to drink from that one. But most of the stream, you wouldn't drink from the white towel. Otherwise, you'd end up with a very moving sickness, you oh, know. Really? You know, because um, because our water isn't safe anymore, and that tells us that our land is unwell, our soil is not well, our healing is not happening. But we can. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe, looking at what we've seen here so far, that this was actually this is just a new forest. The land, if we care for it, has an enormous power to recover. Most places. I've been in parts of New Zealand where that power has been lost and that Modi that actually gives life is almost vanished. You know, and uh, and that's a concern and that's what we're working to 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 achieve. You know, people like Jessica who really works closely with the soil has a much, much greater sense of how much healing's needed than, than most people would. Yeah. And we've just got to support those sort of people. There are various interpretations of Modi. In this instance, Paropata is talking about the life principle or life force of the forest. It's part of an ecosystem to ensure the Modi is sustained. When pollution or degradation occurs, then the Modi or life quality is impacted. So how do we prevent Modi from being completely diminished? 
can you restore Modi back to a place? Oh, very much so. And, you know, um, I was part of a series of Wananga and Hawke's Bay after the Havelock North water issues when 3,000 yes. people got sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, the regional council and, 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 and the Taifuino of Kahunginu decided to run a series of Wananga on restoring the Modi of the Tukituki River. Part of that restoring was to reconnect people back to those waters and to their stories. And then once you've reconnected people, then they would find within themselves the energy and the commitment to help to restore that water and that river. Um, the Modi can come back. Sometimes the Modi has become so far reduced that it's almost without, out of reach. Yeah. But... Um, all I can say, I've seen some astonishing things, and I really, really believe that we can if we work together. You know, the biggest sickness maybe is the fact that we so attached to our own importance that we actually refuse to work together. You know, you and I can work together as long as I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you're the boss in this forest. Partnership isn't that we work together and you do what you're told. Partnership is that we actually... Uh, pool our knowledge, pool our resources and work together so that we are all well. And it's not a question of dominance because the only dominance that really matters is the fact that the earth itself is the boss. You know, New Zealand had beautiful soils because of the bush. So where you saw huge trees, you knew that that soil was really good. But in removing the actual the trees, you actually remove the source of the soil. Yes. And so now that we're struggling. And so what we are learning to do in actual fact is how to live with the land rather than use it just as a growing medium to create wealth. You know, As a commodity. As a commodity. You know, it's like artificial potting mix, you know. All the potting mix you get from the shop is, you know, a bit of bark, a bit of this and a bit of that, a bit of compost, some... Um, uh, slow-release fertiliser all mixed up together, some sand and pumice and stuff like that, and that's your growing medium. And it's designed to last nine months. Right. And so your plants will thrive for nine months, and then they'll just sort of peter out. Because you've, you've put them into a sterile mix with lots of nutrients, but without the organisms which actually keep that soil alive. We've got to see the soil as being alive. Uh, let's come here a little bit more. You can see all that gorse there. Yep, yep. Now, you see all those kanuka? Kanuka, yeah. That was big, tall gorse. And I never cut a single one down. And I just planted kanuka amongst them. And mako mako. And you can see that green at the back. Yeah. Those are puruti trees. Whereas a neighbour got a helicopter and sprayed all his gorse. Killed a few, a few of my trees as well, but anyway... But in actual fact, all that happened was the gorse came back again and the wattles. No wattles in there. No gorse in there. It's just kanuka and you can see Cody at the back of it. Down the front of our place, next door is, is a block. It's a, I'll forget the name of the block. But, um, and they've milled all their pine trees. And, um, and they accidentally put a few trees through it into our place and so they were very kind and they took out all the willows and the poplars down the drive and we're going to put bush back there oh. but all this broom and gorse came up 
and wattle. And so I thought, mm, no, I'm not going to spray it. Now, how can I use the, the broom especially to be a nurse for the tōtara? And so all I'm going to do is just clear a little space, put a tōtara tree in the middle, and they'll go straight up because of all the broom. And then as, as the broom gets shaded, it'll disappear as well. And at the same time, I thought that there's going to be so much blackberry coming up there that it's going to kill everything, but the, actually the, the broom is killing the blackberry because the blackberry doesn't, needs lots of light. You know, so the, those weeds are helping me deal with other weeds. I thought, I'm, I was sort of being lazy. <laughs> now, the gorse has solved that problem. Mm, OK, OK, so that's really good. You know, and, and the thing about it is it's all about watching. Um, so I've been planting superjack in there. Yep. And my wife said, yeah, what do you want to plant superjack for? Well, that, but superjack always got berries. So has pudity. The kiddity will come back to there when there's nothing else to eat. You know, if there's no pudity trees, well, what are they going to eat? You know, and, and, you know, it's sort of like that, you know. So we've got lots of pudity trees. I planted them up on the hill there, so... We're going to have kiddity all over the show here, you know. <laughs> Give us 50 years, I'll be, you know, fairly senior by then. And, um, and the whole thing is, how do you use weeds to actually heal the land? Now, you look at gorse. Yeah. It's a marvellous nitrogen fixer, and it's a beautiful nurse plant. Now, when we get out there, I'll show you some gorse. I'm just thinking of my whanau over the years who have just always wanted to remove gorse. Get rid of it. Well, no, it's, it's, it's like Manuka. It's there to heal there the to land. Heal. The land doesn't like, New Zealand land doesn't like being in pasture. Right. So the gorse will come up. doesn't live for very long. And when it gets to about five years old, it's normally quite tall and starts to flop over. And it's very, it drops lots and lots of leaves and builds up a very nice mulch and then other things come through. Pāropata's latest publication, Tiwaiwaka, examines the role people have in healing the whenua, which is part of a philosophy of kaitiakitanga, or guardianship. In the book he writes about six guiding principles, two of which state that humans are part of the universe, not the centre of it, and Modi is the web of connections that sustain life. Recognising changes to the environment is, in some shape or form, connected to climate change, and it's as simple as observing fruit growing in certain conditions. Times are changing. Uh, climate is quite different now to what it was even just a few years ago. Mm. OK, so let's take much more notice of how nature responds. Funny you should say that because I was driving last night and my partner says, look, it's mid-May and the leaves are still on the trees. Or yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And I was like, and see, I'm so unconscious and, un- and unaware that I was like, well, what's the matter with that? He goes, well, it's, you know, climate change. And I, I didn't quite understand, but yeah, I suppose that's another, that is another tohu. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and all of those sorts of things, you know, that like I've got banana trees up there. You know, once upon a time, we always wished we could grow bananas. We can grow them very well in Tauranga now. You know, um, avocados is a tropical fruit. You know, so um, if we watch, you know, the, the climate change is driven by sunspot activities and things way beyond our control. We mm. can make it worse 
you know, but at the same time, uh, and we have, but at the same time, if we watch to see how the landscape around us copes with that, that's where we learn how we need to adjust ourselves, where we need to actually change our ways, if may be the case. You know, the, the increase of CO2 in the environment is a big, big issue, you know. Um, but at the same time, go back a few hundred million years and it was much higher than it is now. Plants absorb carbon dioxide and, and excrete the oxygen. And, and this is what we're trying to do with our... We're trying to actually um, uh, sap up the, op- the carbon out of the air by actually um, growing more trees. Seeding populations of all the plants that would have once have grown in this area. And that's why I'm planting Cody, and that's why I'm planting so many tōtara. Because up the road from here is a beautiful stand of tōtara. Look at it the other way, you know, that these, these microorganisms that can't stand oxygen still exist and they exist in our gut and our, in our stomachs and um, as one American doctor said so are we the masters of creation the summit of evolution or are we the garages that these organisms have created to provide themselves with a home? Um, Rupat I wanted to ask you so there's a, I mean, there's a really interesting story about yourself and the fact that you were taught by you know the Fan and Kui and Whanganui and and I wanted to I'm just wondering if you still adhere to those that particular body of Matauranga and knowledge today. More and more. And and so the things that I was told a long time ago which didn't make sense because I'm a really fast learner after about thirty years they sort of begin to make sense. Yeah. You know, um, you know. They used to I used to get so frustrated when I'd ask them questions about what do you use this plant for go and get to know the trees and they will tell you everything you need to know I've heard that so many times from so many different parts of the country but in actual fact that's exactly how it is so I've had you know had much more connection back to Whanganui than I've had for a long time oh wow yep and, and Auntie Rua Henare her, her family of, um, we're going to run a Wananga just for them uh, at some stage um Paul Mare could have, you know, I spent lots of time with, with um, Uncle Paul and and really everyone thinks that, oh, that T.Y. Waka book's fantastic, that Rungwa book's fantastic. All I'm doing is repeating what they told me and, yeah. and just making it available because yeah. that's how they were, that they held their knowledge in a way to guarantee that it would be there for those who follow them. Right, yeah. You yes. know, and... and um, and, and so more and more I'm sort of realising that in actual fact those people who didn't have any degrees or didn't get any medals were in actual fact the people who had so much, well not just influence on but they, they, they had so much of the answers that we need for today. The more you know, the more you can learn. The more you know, the more... I totally agree. Uh, you know, and, and so I have the privilege of wandering around the country and meeting so many wonderful people and, you know, like I've been running Rungwa Wānangas for over 30 years. Do you feel years. same as the Pāro? Oh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does it come with a sense of responsibility? Well, it, it does, you know. Um, you've got to practice what you preach. Yep. You know, but, but at the same time, as if being well-known enables you to reach more people, that's good. If being well-known makes your head swell, well, then it's a bloody nuisance. 
<laughs> you know, but yeah. but but there are lots of lots of support from people, mm. and that enables you. You know, when people respect you, that enables you to get on with what you're trying to do. And if people criticise you, well, then that actually makes you stop and think. Yeah, am I, have I got it wrong, or am I being a bit silly, or yeah. whatever? You know. Yeah, be open to that sort of cordial, but then, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you, you actually knowledge doesn't belong to you. You carry it for those who might need it. Your biggest responsibility is to ensure that. It, when you can't pass it on anymore, someone else can because you've actually passed over what you know. Mm. And they will t- tell the same story in their own words in a way that relates to the world that they live in, yes. which is a little bit different maybe to the world that I learnt in. Like I met um, someone the other day, and it turns out that I was with her great-grandmother when she passed away. Oh. You know, and it sort of makes you sort of feel a bit old. But it basically... Re- reconnects that 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 person back to her, clear, you know, and and you know that's why hookup is important. You can actually help people to grow in themselves by reconnecting them to who they really are. Hookup is is <laughs> it's a healing, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to find with the young people in the bush, you know, uh, the ones that we had on the uh, Maxis program were kids who hadn't succeeded in school. And, and and they were full of the confidence of youth, but full of the doubts of, of young Māori, I suppose. And they'd say, gee, you know, gee, our old people were clever. And I said, no, 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 that's you. You're just as clever as them. you just got to get going sort of thing. And, and, you know, they gradually began to believe that, and it actually changed people, you know, um, they hear of the great things that, in actual fact, their two-pointer did. Okay, so what great things are you going to do? Because they're alive because you are alive. The country, because it couldn't even use an axe. You know, didn't know how to light a fire. You know, and this was this was 30 years, 40 years ago. You know, that we've actually um, lost so much. We've got so much to regain. Um... That's why these jobs for nature, you know, wonderful opportunities for younger people to start to learn the things that need to be learnt so that our planet can continue to thrive. There are so many good things beginning to happen. Uh, We've just got to connect them all together. And, you know, a little tree doesn't cast much shade, but every year it gets a little bit bigger. You know, that there is a lot of goodness... In, in New Zealanders, and we are a people that do work together. Uh, we can heal ourselves as long as we don't get carried, out, carried away too much with our own importance. E takuranga tira paro patati nete mihi kawatu kia koe naui faiwa to kainga miki kite kuriro mai kia tata o tiahika tina koe. Tina koe there are links on our page, rnz.co.nz slash to the recent publication written by Paro Pata called Tiwai Waka, Ka Ora Te Whenua, Ka Ora Te Tangata. If you'd like to hear part one of this korero, again find the episode on the page or search RNZ Tiahika on your chosen podcast platform. Et te kaitiaki o te whenua, e te mātanga tāiao kia koe e Paro Pata, tēnā rau atu koe.
coming up tomorrow evening at 6, join my corridor with Dr Jessica Hutchins. I'm at her 12-acre lifestyle block in Kaitoke near the Rimutaka Ranges. She talks about marakai, river erosion and mindfulness. A kātira, kua tai ki te mutunga o tā tātou hōtaka, kia tau te mauri, tēnā tātou katoa.